0: that's the problem with all social media is is in theory in theory my voice as just some joe Schmoke can be as loud as that of an influencer right in theory that that opportunity exists for me and so so it all goes to the lowest common denominator man
1: what's going on guys this is the passive wealth strategy podcast thank you for tuning in today our guest is chihiro kurokawa today we are talking about Social media for real estate investors, more specifically, social media networking and the strategy that Chihiro uses uh, for his investments and building his investment network. Now he's coming from the syndicator side, right? So he's out there probably having to build more connections than your average like passive investor out there. But we get into that as well because you know again the the question of how to network on social media or how to network in general, particularly during COVID, how to find deal sponsors, how to get to know them, how to vet them, all all of that has come up so much. I get so many listeners uh, reaching out to me, asking about that. And we get into some of those answers today. I mean, the, the real answer is you have to put in the work, right? You have to have a strategy to hunt down sponsors and get access to their deals. And many of those sponsors are active on social media. Now, just because somebody's active on social media or on podcasts, whatever, does not mean that you should uh, invest with them. You still need to do all of your due diligence and, and underwriting and everything, right? But you need to find them in the first place in order to evaluate them, right? And many sponsors are active on social media. Just like me, just like Chihiro, and just like so many others out there. So today we're talking about that strategy, the strategy that he employs, and we talk a little bit more about his investments in general. He has uh, done a, a few, uh, pretty, a couple of pretty great uh, deals, which we talk about today. He has a few hundred units under his ownership, and has some great things ahead of him. So thank you for tuning in once again. For those of you who are new to the show. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I also passively invest in syndications. And this is a great way to, at least for me, to meet other sponsors and see what other folks are up to. Without any further ado, here we go with the interview.
0: Chihiro, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity, Taylor. Thanks for uh, chatting with me.
1: Yeah, man. It's always great to, uh, talk with, you know, a young guy who's, uh, doing big things, but, uh, before we, you know, as we get into things and everything, can you tell our listeners, you know, about your experience, what you focus on and, you know, what you're up to?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, founded, uh, my firm black river equity partners in the beginning of 2017. So about, um, going on, uh, four years ago and the plan there, uh, is to invest in opportunistic, uh, multifamily uh, investments properties. So to date, we've got two deals. Uh, One is in Abilene, Texas, and um, that one is actually under contract to sell tomorrow. So uh, we will have gone full cycle uh, in less than two years on that one. And then we also own and operate a 248 unit property in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, And that one was a heavy value add And we are currently operating that one. So, yeah, we're looking for opportunity in multifamily. And of late, um, actually within the past week or so, we've uh, been chasing a potential development opportunity um, with some uh, zoned, unentitled land in uh, Tarrant County, which is where Fort Worth, Texas is located. So um, first and foremost, we're looking for opportunity opportunity. Uh, up to this point, that has taken the form of multifamily deals, as I've uh, mentioned. But uh, we are looking at asset classes and uh, outside of that as well, because first and foremost, we're about finding an opportunity for investors. Nice. So, why?
1: What's the reason for you know the shift from buying existing assets to existing multifamily assets to um, you know development type of thing? What drove that?
0: Yeah. First and foremost, like I think the multifamily investment sales climate right now is it's pretty tight. You know, um, it seems like cap rate compression has continued uh, unabated through COVID, and so my concern is whether or not there may be some sort of correction, not on the demand for uh, investments in multifamily, so not from investors like us, but rather. On the resident, the tenant side, whether there may be some um, challenges economically for those people who uh, form our cash flows, right, our revenues, and so my concern is that um, there's a that that the pricing right now is out of whack, and there may be some uh, challenges moving forward. I don't know if I'm right. I, I seem to be in the minority of people who who have this perspective, but nonetheless, so that's made me a little bit. Wary right now, just in recent months, with regard to multifamily, and uh, so, in keeping with our strategy to just find opportunity, you know, we came across a property that um, is is zoned commercial and is potentially a multifamily development opportunity, if not some other type of commercial property. And so, we're in the process right now. We're about to get that under contract, and and we're just going to see where that takes us. You know, we'll put it under contract and and see. And what the zoning allows us to do, and just kind of knock down dominoes one after the other uh, to see what the opportunity may look like there.
1: So, in building that, you know, business plan for the development, I mean, do you do you or one of your partners have you know prior experience with the development, or how do you, you know, n- go in confident that you know this is going to be this looks to be a good opportunity and and is you know at least a good use of your uh time and energy, you know, yeah. if it's, you know, kind of changing tracks in your uh investment strategy a little bit, then you know, how do you feel yeah, so, with that?
0: Yeah. So to be frank, like uh I'm I would say that I am new in real estate period, right? Yeah, I'm I'm about to go full cycle on a multifamily deal, but there's a lot more that I don't know than I do know about real estate in general and even multifamily. Having said that, um, I have a process in terms of chasing opportunity. And so I've, I've followed that through two multifamily deals thus far. And I'm following that same process with this one. Uh, No, I don't know a lot about development and hence I need to find partners who do right. Um, And, and so I'm, I have been successful in building teams um, throughout the deals that we've done thus far. And so I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I I have a fairly broad network of people who are very experienced in development. So, um, those are the people that I've been talking to, that I've been meeting with, uh, in order to kind of wrap my arms around this opportunity.
1: Nice. I mean, I really um, believe in the you know power and importance um, of teams and of networking, particularly in real estate, um, is that something that, would you say you're you're naturally good at that? Are there any like tools or strategies that you use to you know, put those teams together and build those relationships?
0: Yeah, I can't agree with you more. I mean, the heart of success in, in real estate is definitely relationships. Um, very, very difficult, I would say, to try to execute a deal just on your own. I think that um, takes serious resources. Uh, and so generally, even the people that I know that have uh, very experienced track records in real estate, across various asset classes within real estate, even, even those people tend to do everything they do as a team. So that formula is pretty obvious to anybody who's trying to get into this game or, or is in this game. So I agree with you there in terms of strategies with networking, you know, um, I think uh, LinkedIn is great. You know, Gary V, I don't know if you follow him, but he's very big on LinkedIn being a great source of organic traffic that you can't get on Instagram or on Facebook because those are more mature social media channels. And uh, there's also, uh, it's not, it's not just the volume of organic um, uh, interaction or engagement that you get on on LinkedIn, but also the the nature and the quality of it. So they're by definition they're professionals, right? So that's their mindset as they reach out to you or engage with you on a post that you made in LinkedIn. Um, so uh, I I found that um, to be a, a good source of connections for me. Um, but I could certainly do a lot better <laughs> uh, on on LinkedIn, but. Uh, I I agree with Gary V. I think it's a it's a great way to grow your network, especially right now where the emphasis is greatly upon virtual connection, right, as opposed to in person. COVID notwithstanding, you know I'm I'm a frequenter of uh, conferences, networking meetings, uh, those types of in person um, uh, gatherings. Yeah, yeah.
1: COVID's made uh, those types of connections a lot tougher uh, to build, but you know in that LinkedIn world, you know, I, we all, if you're on LinkedIn, you get, you know, a thousand request requests from, you know, kind of random people that, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. whatever, but, um, you know, there's the next step to, you know, taking it to like an offline interaction. Is that do you have like a particular strategy there? Do you, is it spray and pray and try to connect with people or, you know, uh, I, I don't know. How do you, uh,
0: you know, um, Right. So I have that same issue on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. And that problem um, expands, the more active you are on that platform. And that that issue is what you mentioned, which is just random people um, trying to connect with you. So I, in general, don't connect with people unless I have a reason to. So And I'll define that pretty broadly too, right? So for example, uh, I went to UCLA for grad school. I got my MBA there. So if somebody on LinkedIn or Facebook connects to me and they're an alumnus of UCLA Anderson, you know, just on that basis, like I'll connect with them. Uh, or uh, otherwise, it's generally going to take. If, if I truly don't know you, then uh, I'll I'll message you and say, Hey, Taylor, thanks for connecting with me, you know, let me know if you have any questions about multifamily or or what are your interests or whatever it is. I'll open up some sort of conversation. And if I get a response, I'll generally uh, go ahead and connect with them. But if I get nothing, then uh then yeah, they'll just uh that request will just sit there forever. I'll I'll never prove it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's uh I think it's good to I mean anything you want to do, you want to have a strategy to it right? And LinkedIn is not Uh, not really a tool that I use much, but I can definitely see the, um, the potential value in it. I see there's a lot of people who, especially even in the real estate
0: space are, uh,
1: doing quite a bit there. And, um, Mm -hmm. it does seem like a good place to put content out.
0: Yeah. I am by no means an expert on this. Like I, I, as I mentioned, I will freely admit like I can and should do better on all of these platforms, but, uh, You know, I, I do agree, uh, with, with the value of, or, or the ability of LinkedIn right now where it is in its life cycle compared to, you know, Instagram, for example, that it is easier to generate organic, um, engagement there. So
1: are there any other, I mean, there's, there's a new social media app, it feels, feels like, uh. On a monthly basis, right? There's TikTok, which is probably yeah, not technically really yeah. new anymore, anything, anything like that. But um, you know, how yeah. do you do you like stay focused on that, or do you have thoughts about kind of expanding to a new social media
0: world, or do you resist the temptation? I have not gotten into TikTok, but then somehow you know, TikTok content bleeds over into YouTube and Facebook, right? You see TikTok videos on other social media platforms. And um, to me, it seems really fun. It seems very entertaining watching animals do funny (laughs) things or kids dance or whatever. It's clever and it's entertaining. I don't know whether I'm missing a massive opportunity there or it is truly just entertainment and uh, it's not really appropriate for trying to connect with uh, people who are interested in investing or finance. So it, it could be I'm missing a big opportunity there. I'm not sure, Taylor. You look yeah, you, younger than me, so uh, maybe you can tell me, man. I don't know about that, but
1: you have to <laughs> definitely have to um, mind your audience. But you know, you mentioned about like entertainment versus networking. I think that's a super important point because even on LinkedIn, you can, you know, these platforms are designed very well to keep you on there, keep you engaged, and, right? You know, get you distracted, right? Right. Oh um, yeah. How, how do you, you know, avoid that distraction and, you know, stay on, on task? And, you,
0: know. you know, uh, that's an interesting point you bring up Taylor. And I think in my opinion, the worst at that, the distraction is it's Facebook. And so, you, you know, one of the, one of the best ways to engage somebody and, and get their, like their comment, etc., it's to anger them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, the, I feel like the Facebook algorithm, the AI has has really gotten ahead of itself. You know, it's like, what do I do to engage? What do I do to engage? It's machine learning. It's teaching itself. Oh, well, the best way to get the most eyeballs on this content, way to get the most likes and, and comments is to piss people off. And so I feel like getting a little off topic from real estate investment here, but I feel like a lot of the reason why there's so much polarization in this country politically is because, uh, Facebook's doing it because <laughs> it's making people on the left and the right angry at each other. But I don't. Know. I don't disagree <laughs> with that sentiment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think that's right. Um, I completely cut out Facebook probably as we're recording, probably seven-ish months ago, and uh, I only recently started. Funny.
0: Getting I, I... back on,
1: it's it's a waste. Such a waste of time.
0: You know, I didn't want to necessarily admit this on a public platform like this, but I might as well. Uh, I, I haven't completely cut off Facebook, but I'm darn near close to it. Like I've, uh, on my phone, it'll tell me how much I've looked at Facebook on any given day. And it's, it's in the minutes, like single digit minutes, nice. uh, per day. And some days it's zero. Um, and I realize, you know, that comes at a cost too. Like, you know, I'm in a business where I do need eyeballs, but, uh, I feel like um, I just don't want to be angry. I don't want to see people who are angry. Uh, and and uh, to get away from that, um, I've greatly reduced my Facebook consumption.
1: <laughs> well, that's it's a smart thing to do, but it's also, I, I agree that there's it's kind of a double-edged sword because even just like pre-COVID a little bit, but especially during COVID, there was a huge uptick in the... Not just the quantity, but I think also the quality of real estate investing specific like Facebook groups. And you know, there probably are some gold nuggets there and some good connections to be yeah. made. But is the juice worth the squeeze, as they say? Is it worth being on the Facebook platform yes. just to find those groups?
0: I don't that, know. That's the problem with all social media is Is in theory, in theory, my voice as just some Joe Schmoke can be as loud as that of an influencer, right? In theory, that that opportunity exists for me. And so, so it all goes to the lowest common denominator, man. Speaking of social media, I saw a meme like, remember that kid at the back of the classroom who used to eat paste? That's the guy whose post is pissing you off right now on Instagram <laughs> or on Facebook. And it's true, that's who you're engaging with. So, and they're getting a rise out of you. <laughs> the, it's
1: true, it's true. Yeah, it's the, tough to the find The algorithm is
0: doing its job.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about bigger pockets at least is, yeah, there's a little bit of political crap on there. Sometimes people get a little heated, but for the most part, it stays pretty on point, you know, real estate investing specific uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: networking. So I don't know. That's why I like bigger pockets. Agree. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, Social media networking is—it's. I think it's important for both sides, right? Because I always have people uh, who want to be a passive investor in syndications, either reach out or you know get away, and they say, "Like, how can I find you know all these syndicators out there? You know, obviously other than me, right? I do it too, but how can they find other syndicators on the net?" And I mean, social media is one of the ways. Now, just because somebody's on social media doesn't mean that you should invest with them, right? Anybody can be on social
0: media, but that is a source. Right. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'd say primarily I've gotten, I mean, I get, so I get a ton of deals sent to me from syndicators who are raising equity, right? Which is another topic in itself because some of these people, I, I don't know who they are and yet I'm getting their their uh, emails. Yeah, I've got but, a few of those. Uh, regardless, the the vast majority I have gotten through in-person meetings, so um, conferences, conferences uh, primarily, but yeah, you're right. Like, uh, the way you connect with people in large part is definitely going to be social media and, and Facebook, um, in particular, notwithstanding all the stuff I just, all the crap I just talked about (laughs) Facebook, but you know, there are multifamily specific groups that in which people may not be frequent commenters, but they're in there, right? People who are significant, significantly experienced syndicators are in those. And you know, you engage on that platform if if you're serious about you know getting access to these syndicators and getting access to their deals and you know investing with those people. Yeah, you you got to put some work into it. And uh, a, a good way, my recommendation would be to get on uh, some multifamily uh, Facebook groups because trust me, if you say hey, I've got a hundred thousand dollars and I'm looking to invest in secondary and tertiary markets in the Carolinas, you're going to get bombarded. (laughs) You'll, you'll get on some syndicators mailing lists for sure.
1: (laughs) And my follow-up recommendation to that would be definitely do not invest in at least the first handful of those that you see like learn how to evaluate deals before you just dive in.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Not right. Yeah. And develop a pre-existing substantive relationship with any person that you're going to invest with. Right.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that relationship benefits both sides, right? You get to the passive investor gets to know the sponsor, watch yeah. what they do. And uh, I think that is just as important for passive investors as it is for sponsors who want, you know, responsible investors yeah. in their deals. Well, great. Right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yeah. Right. Bring it. Awesome. First one: What is the best investment you ever made, other than in your education?
0: So uh, I've haven't made a lot of investments. I would say I've had three passive investments, and then uh, two as a general partner, um, and only one of them is about to close, which is the one I mentioned. So that would. By default, have to be it. Um, uh, We are closing that deal, so going full cycle in about 21 months. um, And uh, we're, you know, we we actually doubled the asset value. So I'm not talking about the equity portion, but the actual uh, transaction price. um, We are uh, doubling that. So uh, that's been a good one for us.
1: Nice. That's a big. That's a big equity multiple, right? If you're if you got any kind of typical loan.
0: Uh, on the deal. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a good yeah, point. we uh that was a stabilized deal. So we have Fannie Mae on that one. Nice. Sure. Nice.
1: So we had the best deal. Now we go to the worst investment you ever made. What is the worst investment? I got an
0: made? answer for you, man. Uh when I was in college, <laughs> um my grandmother passed away and I inherited about five thousand dollars. I put that all into IBM um and uh because I because mm. I knew next to nothing. I think I read an article that said, uh, blue chip technology was a was a, a good investment. Um, lost uh, about half of it and then cashed out. So um, just just uh, pissed away like twenty five hundred bucks um, because you know I I just didn't know anything about anything at that point.
1: <laughs> go back and think, man. If if Amazon was a publicly available share at that point, if you had invested in Amazon. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> if only rolled the (laughs) dice and got the wrong, he got snake eyes, but oh well. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing?
0: Yeah, so I'm um, big on like quotes from uh, investors that I uh, like, like Warren Buffett, of course, or Howard Marks. This particular guiding principle slash quote, I honestly wish I could remember, but I can't remember where I got it from. I might've heard it from one of my, investor friends or Reddit somewhere. I'm not sure, but, but it's, you need to like making money more than you like spending it. And so I'm 40, uh, in my earlier years, like my early working years, I certainly had a consumerist, um, phase, you know, I drove a, a BMW and, and stuff like that. And, uh, good. Because I just thought that that's what you do, right? Like you make a certain amount, you buy a German car. You make a certain amount, you buy a house or whatever. And um, just didn't have any strategy beyond that. Uh, today, I, I recognize the importance of investing and putting money, making your money work for you, putting money into appreciating and or cash flowing assets. I wish I had known this when I was first in the workforce, but I did it. Um, you know, but no, no regrets. I know it now. And so, um, the biggest lesson for sure is you have to enjoy making money more than you enjoy spending it. Bottom line. Nice. I love
1: that quote. I'm surprised I have not heard that before, but you know, I will remember that now. I like
0: that. And (laughs) yeah, great.
1: Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. If folks want to get in touch with you, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, please. Visit our website, blackriverep.com. Blackriver E is in equity, P is in partners.com. Um, you can uh, reach out to us there.
1: All right, great. Uh, and on LinkedIn, too, of course, right? Since we talked about
0: uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> LinkedIn, for sure. I I am easily found on uh, social media, on the internet. There are not very many Chihiro Kurokawas in this country, much less uh, Chihiro Kurokawas who uh, do real estate investing. I can be found (laughs) if you want to find me.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated and it helps other people learn about the show. We are live streaming on YouTube. If you want to join the conversation live, look us up on YouTube, hit the subscribe notification bell, all that good stuff. And uh, you'll see when we go live. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you, Taylor.